Hello and welcome to this bonus episode. That's right, a bonus episode of the Photography Bar podcast. You lucky people. Um, the reason we're doing this bonus one is because we went to see the Society Show um, last Friday. Well, I say we. Um, the dreaded COVID has reared his ugly head for me, so I had to uh, not go, unfortunately. But Sarah and Cam, you guys went. Um, how are you guys doing, by the way? You all right? Yeah, very good. I know Sarah's gone down with a bit of a cold as well. So Sarah, you're a bit yeah, sniffly, aren't yeah. you? So. Just a bit of snot, probably off my own kids, um, but otherwise absolutely fine. Nice, <laughs> nice. So how was it, guys? I was gutted I couldn't make it on Friday. I was really gutted because I really wanted to go and, and see it and, and and be part of it and meet up with some people. Um, but yeah, as yeah. I say, the, the dreaded Rona reared its ugly head yeah. and here I am stuck at my house. So Sarah and I met there and um, we're going to listen to the recordings that we did at, uh, at the society. We're going to put those. And so we spoke to a number of different exhibitors, get a really good variety uh, of people. So we spoke to the guys at Canon. We spoke to the guys at Sony at the camera center, we spoke to them. We spoke to uh, wedding album manufacturers. We spoke Fuji. to a num- yeah, Fuji as well. Yeah. So we spoke to a number of different people. We spoke to some of the visitors to get their take on it. What were they looking for? We found out what's hot on the Fuji stand, what's hot at Sony, that type of thing. Um, so it's going to be really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for those of you that didn't make it, that uh, we'll give you a little bit of flavour of what it was like at the live event. Um, I think that the the attendance was pretty good, Sarah, don't you think? It was, it was pretty yeah, packed. Yeah, it was quite busy. Yeah. And a lot of people at their stands were saying that that day was probably looking to be the busiest at the time I think we went on the Friday and I think you know it's evident a lot of people like to take a Friday off from work you know before the weekend and they're able to fit in the thing that they love to do and that's to go and see the society show yeah there was a bit of that wasn't there okay so we're going to give you our thoughts really after uh, after you hear the live segment so we're going to jump straight in and uh, here we are this is Sarah and I at live from the society show last Friday in uh, Hammersmith in London Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Photography Bar podcast. Okay, so we are at the Society Show at the Novotel at Hammersmith and I'm here, this is my, uh, this is Cam and I'm here with Sarah because Mark has got COVID, which he found out last night, so it was a last minute cancellation. But uh, yeah, I'm here with Sarah having a look around. Sarah, first impressions, we've been here for about half an hour. Um, so far, everything's looking pretty busy, to be honest. I'm really excited to see what sort of things they've got going on, the talks, the equipment. Yeah, go quick bit of interest and see what we got. Good stuff. Okay, right, we're going to head out and we're going to speak to some of the exhibitors and some of the visitors here and try and get a, a, a real feel for this show. Okay, right, we're at the Sony stand with friend of the show, Mark, and uh, Mark is the main Sony guy that we see at all the trade shows. So, Mark, how's it going on the Sony stand? What's new? What's hot? Uh, great to see you again. Um, it's really, really busy. Great to be back doing trade shows. And... Um, in terms of footfall, really a lot higher than we expected, which is great. And um, in terms of conversion, people are you know spending money, which is fantastic. Um, what are they looking for? A7R5, really popular. Um, some good pricing on that as well, so no doubt people are coming to the trade show to, to see it and buy it. What's that retailing at? Uh, here it's uh, 3599 so you're saving £400. Oh, that is a hell of a saving. It's a show offer, so uh, that ends tomorrow, and um, which is Saturday. Um, in terms of lenses, uh, we're looking at 20 to 70, the new lens, the 5012 from last year, and interest in the 51.4. Um, but what really is encouraging is the amount of people asking about video products. And traditionally, this is a still show. Uh, with a little bit of hybrid focus, but actually a lot of people I think are now th- realizing how important filmmaking can be and if it's a client request then Clearly our heritage in video filmmaking is making people come and ask about how video ca- you know Cameras work in terms of uh, video functionality, which is yeah. really good. Yeah, well I, uh, yeah, I can vouch for that because 2015 I could see the change or the introduction of video coming and it was probably the best thing that I did for my business and now when it comes to the commercial aspect of things we're probably doing 80% video 20% photography now because that's the client request now well that, that, that's a good example of how the market's shifting and if you think about since I don't know 2000 well, lockdown just after lockdown I think don't quote me on the timing but the A7S3 came then the ZV10 came ZV1 um, so we've had a lot of fo- FX3 FX30 so actually a lot of the releases are being focused on video um, and that's really encouraging because you know the, the, there's 
there's a lot of creative uh, content creators out there that um, you know can get a lot out of the kit that we sell. So um, we're getting asked a lot more uh, in terms of how it fits into people's workflow. Uh, so it's great, really, really good. Good stuff, yeah, and Sony is our preferred video gear as well. It has been from the beginning, really. Started with the A7S uh, at the time, I think it was. That's what we started with, because that was like groundbreaking, had great low light, low light you know, sort of capability as well. And it really went from there as well. So yeah, I think for us, Sony has been the way to go for video, certainly. So good stuff. Uh, yeah, good to chat with you, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, good to see you again. And um, yeah, thanks for your time. Okay, right, we've uh, stopped one of the visitors to the show here. This is Seda, and Seda, nice to meet you. Uh, are, you are you a photographer? Yes, what, yeah? yes I'm okay. a photographer. Okay, and what sort baby of... photographer. Your baby photographer, okay. And what are you looking for here at the show? Uh, I was looking for a lens, uh, but I bought the printer. <laughs> and uh, some props as well. Uh, I was waiting more props, actually, but um, it, there is not too much props. Uh, but I I was not thinking to buy a uh, backdrop, but now I'm thinking to buy a backdrop as well. So I think it's nice. I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, so, you, so have you been to the show before? Is this your first visit? No, no, this is my first, first visit. Yeah. So you're obviously finding it useful. Yeah, I think yeah. so, definitely, yeah. Are you visiting any of the master classes at all, or are you just visiting the trade show? Mm, not really, just five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay, that's good. Uh, anything else that you're sort of looking for at all? Looking to buy? Yeah, as I said, I was looking for a lens, but I will think it's more, you know. I, uh, I think the offers is not too much that's why I'm thinking more so you're looking for better deals basically exactly okay. yeah yeah, yeah. No, and we all are we all like the end day uh, camera of choice what do you use camera brand uh, I use Sony you Sony okay uh, oh, that's oh we've just been talking to the Sony guys um, and which Sony cameras which what's, what's your preferred camera Sony range uh, I have two Sony cameras one of them is a Sony Alpha A3 a Sony Alpha 3 uh, the other one is a 4R4 Okay, yeah, yeah, we're familiar with those. Good stuff. All right, look, well, thank you for stopping. Uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Thank right. you so much. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> okay, guys, we're over at the, at the Canon stand and we're talking to Medea, who we spoke to at the photography and video show. And uh, Medea, what's uh, lovely to have you back again. What's your role at uh, Canon? So I'm the product specialist for Canon, uh, responsible for the um, the launch of new products from the in terms of the pre-disclosures with the press and with the uh, retailers, but also involved in training. Good stuff. No, I know you really know your stuff from chatting to you at the photography show last time. Okay, so what is hot this year on Canon? Oh, so many products um, here at the show. From based on the conversation I've had with. Most of the customers, the R6 Mark II, because again, it is our kind of first major event since we launched the R6 Mark II in November. Okay, can I stop you there a second? Right, the, the difference between the R6 and the R6 Mark II is what, very quickly? Um, Why is it worth upgrading? <laughs> so you're looking at the uh, going from 20 to 24 million pixels. So okay. yeah. uh, higher resolution, double the speed now. So you can do um, the R6 is 20 frames per second. Um, the R6 Mark II is actually 40 frames per second. It does have the new multifunction shoe that we saw on the R3, the R7, the R10, and Nota 1. Um, improvement on the subject detection, so the camera now can actually uh, detect horses, planes, um, uh, trains, but also there is an automatic option, so you can set it on auto, and then the camera will change the type of uh, subject depending on what you're shooting. There are far more, I mean the battery life, which is I think what everyone loved, has been improved significantly, even though it's the same battery on both cameras, but you do get 50% more um, on the R6 Mark II. That's one thing I found with my R6 actually, my battery, especially when using it on graduations, yeah. would run down quite quickly. So, you, so now you double the number of shots that you would have got with the R6 on the R6 Mark II. Um, and then you do have the option to do 6K raw externally as well. So, I mean, there are so many of them, but these are the top um, benefits um, of the R6 Mark II over the R6. Okay, what else is, uh, what else is would you say, as I was saying, is hot? We have the EOS R8 and the R50, um, because again, this is the first show for everyone to actually get their hands on, um, on these new cameras. The R8, because it inherited roughly about 70 to 80% of the features from the R6 Mark II, but in a much smaller and lighter body, so that has been very popular. 
and obviously the R50 because of that compactness, so the size um, and the weight. Um, some of the lenses that probably people haven't seen before, like the RF135 f1.8. We also have great selection of lenses, uh, sorry, um, printers from the A4 up to, you've got the A3, A3 plus printers uh, that people can actually have a look and the professional photographers like to use as well. So we always know Canon's going to be a busy stand. Have you found it, is interest high? Yeah, I mean, yesterday we were really busy and today it picked up. I mean, I think the, the first hour probably delays with the trains and everything else. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's been a very busy show so far, which is really good for us. Okay, well, Medea, thank you for chatting to us again. Lovely to see you again. I'm sure we will see you at the next one. Okay, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm talking to Claire here at Camera Centre. This is the stand where last year I'd been here for the first five minutes and I'd spent just over £5,000 with these guys. And uh, uh, they were very generous. They also threw in a complimentary Godox flash as well. So, uh, and, uh, and the service was, was absolutely fantastic. So how's the show going this year? What's hot? So, uh, so far the show's been exceptionally good this year. Um, primarily what we've seen that being hot in terms of what's going on more than anything else is a lot of Sony and a lot of Canon primarily. So this new Sony A7R Mark V, they're doing fantastic deals on that, which I found quite ironic really because um, they usually wait typically a year before they do a deal on something like that. And so they've been introducing that for a camera that's only a few months old. So we were quite happy to see something like that being able to be pushed out and a lot of other consumers coming in able to actually afford something that's amazing as that. Yeah, that's, do you know something, right? Canon are here, Sony are here there's no Nikon now Sony are going to be now sending products to us to the, the show for product review Canon already send us gear so we do Canon product reviews Nikon we get there's no contact from Nikon and like why they, they seem to be so difficult to find and they're not even here at the show today no no uh, that's not a surprise to us as well I mean we ourselves as a company run our own photography show Wales and West photography show um, we've contacted them several times and just had negative responses or just no response at all um, so it's a case of they just want to sort of shield themselves away whether or not it's something that they can't afford to do the massive discount or whether or not something they, did they just don't want to do it's uh, it's been a bizarre thing but they've always sort of been like that for a good few years only one or two shows I've ever actually seen them at but um, they've never really put out a massive offer like Canon or Sony do in terms of a performance so yeah it's a bit of a it's not really a shocker to myself experiencing it but um, yeah it's nothing new to me uh, in that yeah, idea, they seem yeah. to be shooting themselves in the foot so generally what's um how are you finding sales on DSLR compared to mirrorless? Is there a huge shift now or? I'm actually finding that I'm buying more of the DSLRs back in really and people just constantly buying the mirrorless system. I mean it's quite bizarre that Canon make a camera that costs almost two and a half, almost three thousand um, pounds and that's a standard DSLR where you can buy a mirrorless for far far cheaper especially at a show like today and that system just dominates the market so uh, at the moment no you're constantly seeing mirrorless are going out. Beginner cameras obviously they'll some way stick with um, DSLRs but you are finding more and more mirrorless beginner cameras are being released so the market's going to shift quite drastically within the year I can imagine. Yeah interesting stuff. What about uh, um generally you know what's been the most popular product I'm not talking about cameras or lenses are you selling is there a demand for bags are people buying SD cards what are they you know what, what yeah you know yeah big shift for us from last year from what we've seen is a lot more bags and tripods have been going out I mean in terms of you know a lot of people get the cameras and the lenses on the release day so you know getting them cheaper to the show is obviously a benefit but you're actually seeing a lot more accessories a lot of memory cards are going out as well as what we're noticing a lot a lot of memory cards um, we've actually just had to order a few more in that's how quickly they're going out um, big design and things like that as well they're doing exceptionally well so a lot of accessories constantly going out far more than lenses and cameras as well yeah brilliant okay well good stuff thank you so much for chatting to us guys this is the cameracenteruk.com i can't recommend them highly enough if you're looking for gear looking for good 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 deals on anything really lenses cameras cards whatever it is bags check these guys out you know they are one of the major retailers thank you thank, thank you again you. thank you Okay, right, guys, we've bumped into friend of the show, Steve, friends of the show, Steve and Greg here. Now, I've just had a very interesting conversation with the camera centre, saying that Canon are here, Sony are here, high presence, no Nikon, where are they? No Nikon gear. Do you know, Sony are now going to be, we're really pleased to announce that Sony are going to be sending the podcast products for review. Canon already sent us gear for review as well. Nikon, absolute silence, and that's what these guys at the camera centre are saying as well. Now, you guys are, Ni are Ca Nikon users, aren't you? Yes long-standing Nikon users I believe yeah, yeah. so what, what makes you stick with with Nikon the Nikon brand uh, familiarity Greg how it feels in my hand okay 
that's an interesting. <laughs> that's what everyone says. Okay, so where are you? What brand? Well, sorry, what what model are you rocking with at the moment then? Uh, still on. Well, on on some mirrorless now. So a six two, uh, and looking at a Z nine. Okay, and Greg, what are you? Use both mirrorless and digital. Okay, so are you moving away from DSLR completely? Did you, when do you see that going? Say 100% now. As soon as I switch to another good size full frame camera, that'll be the end of my SLR. Yeah, Greg, you're gonna, when do you see yourself shifting away from DSLR? Um, some of the companies I work for still prefer the digital yeah. as opposed to mirrorless because a lot of their software won't work with mirrorless at the moment. So. Until that happens, I'll be using both. So, and any purchases at the show today? Uh, just a battery. Oh, just a, a battery? A, Nik a Nikon battery. Nikon battery. Greg, any purchases? Nothing for me. Nothing. Anything you're looking for in particular? No, not really. Just not looking. Really. Just, just, just having a look around, yeah? Yes. Okay, good stuff. Thank you, guys. Thank you for stopping and chatting. Good to see you again. Okay, right, we've stopped here at the Photography Apprenticeship uh, stand, JGA Developing Futures. Now, this is the first time I've seen this, and I'm speaking to Anthony Milner. Hi, Anthony. What is, what is, what is it that you're doing here? This sounds, does sound interesting. So, we're the UK's first official photography apprenticeship, where, for instance, a lot of young people go to go, go and do a degree. They've got to pay £9,000 a year. Basically, we find you an employer to work with, and you learn KSBs, so knowledge, skills, and behaviours. So, you learn all those skills and behaviours to actually be a real photographer in the job role. So we are absolutely no, new in the UK for it. Um, we actually just won, two days ago, we just won the National Apprenticeship Awards for the Photography Apprenticeship, which is absolutely amazing. So it's brilliant, quite frankly. I wish I, when I had my studios, I could have employed an apprentice. Yeah, because it, it's very difficult for people that want to get into it because I know a little bit about the, the educational process where you go from, uh, say, maybe doing GCSEs and the A-level. The A-level photography, I don't think it's worth the paper that it's written on because it's it's really... Sorry to... Right. I agree. I, agree. All right. if I did a degree in photography, I wouldn't go back and do it again. I would actually have loved to have gone straight into a working situation and learn on hand, you know, straight away rather than going through all that debt, basically. Yeah, and I think it's true in the A-level photography course. I know it's based very much on the on the, on the history of photography. It's more art-based uh, rather than actual photography. And 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 I know a lot of people that do the A-level course sort of say this is not really what I thought it was going to be. There's so much the workbooks I have to produce, the essays I have to write, and everything. Yes, it's good grounding. Yes, you know, there is a it's great for idea developing and that type of thing. But in actual fact, picking your hands up, really learning a camera, so something like this does seem a, a lot more sort of appealing doesn't it it's there there's something there now oh it is I mean this is all about learning proper skills of being a real photographer so you're learning how to use your camera lights you're learning how to use your camera manually I mean we get university students who have got a level six so we're level three and four get they've got their degree they've got their masters and they're coming to want to do an apprenticeship with us so the great thing about this is we're working with large corporate companies and studios who now want to train staff up to work with them you're getting paid to do it why do a degree and charge and cost yourself nine grand when quite frankly you can work with a real real company and be become skilled yeah good stuff Anthony thank you very much for that um, oh just one question with the apprenticeships generally we think it's mainly aimed at youngsters is that the case no not uh, what, what age sort of are you looking at so generally an apprentice can start from 16 onwards but especially when you think of the large corporates I've got apprentices in not just a photography apprenticeship but in the other courses I teach where you've got 30, 40, 50 year olds so anybody can do it and it's government funded as well okay that's really interesting actually what we'll do Anthony we'll get you onto the show as a guest have a, a longer episode maybe this will be really interesting to chat about but thank you for thank you for today thank you very much much appreciated cheers Okay, right guys, Sarah and I have stopped at Foti's and we're speaking to Coralie. Hi Coralie. Hey, how you doing? Okay, good, thank you. Okay, so I've noticed this because it's Foti's, it's photography, clothing and design and uh, this is quite interesting with branding being so up there now and so important as part of a business. Um, this is what I see this as being, good branding. Yeah, definitely. Um, we do a range of different clothing and jackets, um, t-shirts, different things that photographers can um, have wearable banding. 
Jesus. Free marketing, are you saying earlier as well? Yes, definitely. Free marketing. I think for the price that you put the logo, you don't have to worry about trying to get it out to certain people. It's always on your back, it's always on your bag, your clothing, and just make sure you can be seen by everyone. Yeah, that's good. And there's, there's all sorts, aren't there? You've got things like mugs there, frames, and uh, a good range of colours and bags as well. Yeah. Um, so do you do like a, uh, I don't know, maybe a starter kit or something? Or is anything like that? Or how does it start? Do people buy products individually as one-offs? or? Um, so trade shows are a great place to meet me just because we have all the samples here so you can be able to uh, try the clothing on find the right sizes um, we're building at the moment a kit where you can have a different range of things um, we have a new website coming at the moment that focuses on templates branding I have 20 years experience of being a graphic designer so it kind of inputs all of this and lots of kind of brand training as well so there's going to be lots of stuff coming onto the website very soon um, and you've got different camera bags as well. So there's some stuff that's just on the website, things like mugs and stuff, they're show offers, um, but we've got a range of clothing for men and women and accessories as well. Okay, good stuff. Okay, thank you for that. So guys, if, you know, if you're know if you gonna need to improve or, or set up some branding, I think um, this something like this is a good starting point. Okay, so this is Photees uh, and it's photos.photees.co.uk, but we'll put some links out for you. Right guys, I have stopped Robin Harper and uh, Robin, what sort of photography do you do? I do portrait photography and I specialise in branding and headshots. Okay, right, and how long have you been doing that? Well, for the last three years I've moved away from events, but I've been photographing for about 17 years. Okay, and what are you looking for at the show here today? Anything in particular? I'm loving the networking, I love seeing new products, um, I love seeing people I've met in previous shows, um, I enjoy watching some stuff on the live stage and just yeah, learning some things and networking. Yeah, it's inspiring isn't it when you come to something like this, I think you go away with your head full of ideas, so certainly I do anyway. Yes, absolutely, Yeah, I come every year and I always find myself feeling motivated and inspired yeah, after. That's right, it's like a new start, it's like a, a, a good start to, the, I say the new year, but I think it should be a little bit earlier in the year personally, I think it's just this time of year maybe is about a month too late. That's what I think, anyway. I came three years ago, just before COVID hit, and it was such an accelerating change, a day of change for me, yeah. and actually that changed really the nature of my business from then on, so yeah, that's yeah, right. it's been yeah. worthwhile for me. Yeah, using it to your advantage, all the things there are that, that you, you can take from this show is really valuable. Anything on a wish list at all? Any camera gear or anything have you got? Yeah, you looking yeah for? I'd love to just w win a Canon R5 on some like free competition or something, you know. Just I'm turning <laughs> that I've entered the Canon competition. I want that camera. <laughs> so that would be a big win, wouldn't it? That's right. Well, we're hoping to do a Canon competition. Well, Canon, as you know, send us products for review. So who knows that, uh, you know, we might uh, have a, a word with uh, the guys at Canon saying, hey, look, can we run a competition with you guys? So, uh, Robin, thank you very much for stopping and chatting with us. All right, pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Okay, right guys, I'm talking to Richard here at the Kenro stand. Hi Richard. Hi there, how are we doing? Yeah, good, thank you. So, uh, what have we got on the Kenro stand? Well, we've got a lot of things. Um, obviously, bread and butter, we do film scanners, slide viewers, that sort of thing. We, we've been doing those for many, many years. But the main thing we talk about today is smart light. Um, smart light we've been doing for roughly about 18 months, maybe two years. Um, we do a lot of kind of LED lighting within that, uh, all RGB, lots of bicolour, but the main thing is, is that they're all Bluetooth based. Uh, so with Bluetooth uh, we're able to control uh, currently up to 13 different lights all through one app. You can group them all together, you can do a lot of different things with them. Um, perfect for video, um, the amateur photographer as well if they're looking to learn light, really really good options. Um, and that's our main thing at the show, really. Um, all reasonable prices, again, for that beginner photographer wanting to get into it. That's where we sit. Yeah, it's one of the things I've noticed over the years how things have changed with lighting. I remember the years of lugging around the Bowen's lights and the Bowen silver lights, if you remember big heavy cases and whatever. Yeah. And they've all got smaller and smaller, the LED lights. And that's really what we're seeing here now. It's so popular just on the hot shoe of this uh, Canon uh, that you've got um, yeah. here as well. Uh, tripods as well. Yes, uh, yeah. And um, yeah, tripods, we aim to do a really, really good quality tripod, uh, really, really good pricing. You know, um, a twin tube tripod, video tripod, 149 quid, uh, six year warranty. You know, in the market, you won't find anything else like it. So, yeah, and that's a Kenro branded because yeah. you know we're familiar with you know you know with, with like Manfrotto and those sort of brands here. But these look like real solid tripods. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, we used to, we used to distribute um, some of the big brands out there, and we knew exactly kind of what they used to do and what they did well. Um, and we really, really wanted to come in with a 
amateur price point but keep those quality of builds that we used to have um, and that's kind of where we sit in most of our range and, and product um, with our tripods you know pan fluid heads we make sure you know they match Manafrotto's quality but try and bring them in at a cheaper price point you know so yeah. Yeah. yeah, well they certainly look the part as well and certainly look solid and we get a lot of people saying oh I'm going to buy a tripod, what do you recommend? I have to be honest, Manfrotto is the first name that comes to mind I think yeah. it does for everyone um, but certainly I'll be sort of, you know, start, start saying to people look out for the Kenro stuff as well because uh, they certainly do look solid so, so Richard, thank you very much for chatting to us No worries, thank you Give it all away. Okay, guys, we've stopped Alan here who's wandering around the show and we've got you to stop and have a chat. Alan, you're a photographer, I believe. What sort of photography do you do? Weddings, street photography. Okay, right, you've been doing that for long? Um, weddings for many years, street photography, maybe about the last four years, and um, macro during lockdown. Mm, okay, interesting stuff. So, what are you looking for here at the show today? Um, some album suppliers and just networking, really. Catch up with fellow photographers that I haven't seen for a few years. Um, with there not being a show for a little while, so the online thing to me just wasn't a, a great environment, but it's, it's nice to see people in person, it's nice to see the products in person rather than on screen, um, so yeah. Definitely with the photo albums, there's plenty of stands here with those products, yeah. and you really need to get your hands on them to feel what that quality's like, don't you? Definitely, um, it's very difficult to sort of confidently sell something to a client without feeling it, as opposed to buying a whole lot of stock that it's just going to sit around and eventually deteriorate over time. So, yeah, definitely you get to see it. Short list of products that you do want. Create the links that you need to um, with the respective suppliers. And then hopefully onward and upward with providing better quality products. To, to yeah, good stuff. So, um, camera brand of choice? Well, <laughs> controversially, I was a Nikon shooter for very many years. Ah. Um, I sold it all and I now shoot Fuji. Okay, right, so you jumped like I did, but I went from uh, Nikon to, to Canon, that's interesting. So what made you jump? Um, do you know what it was? Um, I got out of the habit of enjoying photography, it, was, it became work, and when I bought my first Fuji, it was so that when I was at a wedding, I could rock amongst the guests without feeling intimidated with this huge Nikon gear, um, and then I just enjoyed shooting, and I thought, I actually enjoy this, so I just changed it all. But I'm not to say I wouldn't buy back into Nikon or Fuji. And I also felt, sorry, Nikon or Canon, I just felt that they were very slow in innovating with the mirrorless. They just sort of seemed to get left behind in the early days. Okay, they're, you know, on a level playing field now, but it was just a long time coming, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I definitely agree there. I think Sony and Fuji really were the leaders. Definitely Sony, then it really jumped. Fuji, Canon caught up very quickly. Nikon eventually caught up, and now I think they're being left behind again. I mean, we've already said they're not here at the show today, and, uh, you know, and, and they're just difficult to get hold of. But that, uh, anyway, Alan, thank you very much for stopping. Okay, lovely to speak to you. Okay, right, guys, we have stopped to speak to Ian MoPhoto, which is the... Well, you tell us what it is, Ian. Thank you. Um, well, MoPhoto is a social media group that I set up about uh, 18 months ago, um, really just to try and help all the school nursery and, and uh, dance photographers out there to a place to, to you know find out more information and basically uh, to help them grow and set up in, in business. Uh, basically, volume photography is a great way for a photographer to have re annual, regular income. So with lots of genres in photography, you've got to go and find your customer and, uh, you know, once you've taken photographs, you've got to find the next customer and the next customer and, it, and you're always chasing the next customer. But in volume photography, usually you get a customer, you can keep it and it's annual regular income. So that's, that group was set up to support everybody involved in that industry and mainly try and encourage more people to come into our industry because, well, lots of industries, it's the same. We're all short of, uh, short of and this this industry without question it's the best time I believe to get involved in this genre there are lots and lots of opportunities to start a business grow a business um, and, and to get more involved in volume photography and make money ultimately yeah it's interesting actually you said about volume photography I mean I think one of the things about when you talk about a lot of independent photographers a lot of us have got businesses that aren't particularly scalable are they yeah. okay yeah. and I think if you can get into something that's volume based that's almost as scalable as independent photographers can get with, with, without without question i mean i like i said only I, i've been working in this industry for 33 years but mostly for some work for someone else i've only worked for myself in the last 18 months uh, and i couldn't have done it without some of the solutions that are out there now i mean it, it really is the best time to do it for yourself because after upload, after I, after I photographed, I basically send it to a, an online platform workflow solution that sends it from, you know, from web shop to order fulfillment for the parents. So 
it, you know, honestly, it makes scalability so easy because actually, in fact, sorry to everybody out there, but I don't even take the pictures. I've got two freelance photographers who are amazing, who, who work for me. And then once we send those photographs up to a platform, we don't do anything. It's just all automated and it's all API driven and stuff. And it's, it's, it just makes it easy. You know, if you're a good photographer, well, if you're a photographer, nice if you're good, but if you're a photographer and you like children, you can grow a business in this space, in the volume industry. It is really, really easy these days. Um, you know, okay, there's things that can go wrong and failures you can make, but ultimately you're talking about annual regular income. And talking yeah. about the MoPhoto group, I follow the MoPhoto group and have done since, well, I pretty much became freelance similar time to when yeah. you went out by the yeah. looks of it. Um, but it's also this, this uh, we've spoken about it loads, networking with people, yeah. asking questions, getting the word out, getting help. I know, just, it's a really great place for people to communicate with each other as well. Yeah. It's not just about growing a business, it's sort of helping each other out in another format as well. Yeah, I suppose it's sort of, when it first started, it, I, I, it was kind of selfishly something I wanted a group of to, to help each other. And I sort of started it with a small group of people that I knew from the industry over the years. So there was about 20 or, 20 or 30 of us within the first week. And I thought, actually, this is something that people really like. And it was growing daily and daily and daily until then. Now we've got 2,000 members. I try to keep it a really positive space. It's a, it is about, as you say, you know, trying to help people. I like people to come on. Sometimes they open up about things that they wouldn't, you know, it's easy to be negative about, but I, we want to just be supportive. We want to say, actually, yes, you can do it. Or, okay, we've made that mistake in the past. Doesn't mean we were right. Or, you know, we're not trying to tell anybody how to do it. We're just saying, this is how we do it. Or we do it this way, or I've tried it that way. And it is a really nice place. It's really, uh, lots of people say positive things. Every time they see me, they go, oh, I love the group. It's really a positive space and, uh, yeah, so uh, I mean, I never set out to, for it to be anything other than just a community to be positive about the industry. And, it, and it's, you know, it's thanks for saying what you said, Sarah. Really, it's, and people do say that. It's, uh, it's a nice place to, you know, to get some information. You can put a search bar in and almost any subject you can think about something comes up that's been discussed about that before. It's a good group, yeah. And I think that's great. That's one thing we've said about the podcast that we've now been, it's been going now for three years that, and we have a number of people that say that thank you for being there because we've got somebody to sort of understands what we're talking about and we can, we've got so much information from you, we're sort of passing information backwards and forwards and because so many photographers, independent photographers have just been on their own, they're on their own all day every day, they don't feel that they've got anything, so joining groups like MoPhoto is, can, is nothing but of benefit yeah. really So I'll tell you now, when, when I heard Sarah's uh, the podcast with Sarah in I thought, oh my God, it's somebody in school photography. That's amazing. I need to listen to them. So straight away I was excited because it, it, people just don't tend to share in this industry. There's no, there aren't really any secrets in this industry. If you're in it, you kind of know how it goes. Um, you know, especially if you've been in it a long time, you, you, you do understand most things and, you know, most sizes of businesses and stuff, but to have someone openly talking about school photography, it feels good. It was nice that I didn't, it's not something I created, it's someone else is talking about it. So that straight away I was like, oh, I've got to speak to Sarah because she's actually, you know, in this industry. Isn't that great? So, you know, yeah. Great stuff. Ian, thank you very much. We are going to get you on the show to do an extended interview, uh, which would be really good to do. But thank you. So uh, just uh, what is the actual uh, group that uh, people can find you on? Yeah, so just go to uh, Facebook. Just type in MoPhoto, so M-O-F-O-T-O. There's a story to that, but you'll have to wait for the podcast to hear about that, why I called it that. Uh, but if you think of the words MoFoto, but M-O-F-O-T-O. Thank you very much. Okay, cheers. Okay, guys, we've just talked to another visitor here, and it's Lainey. Lainey, I believe you're a wedding photographer. Yeah. Is that right, yeah? Okay, and uh, what are you here to see? Anything in particular at the show today? I'm coming to collect information on albums. Okay, and there's a lot of album. We were talking about this, weren't we, Sarah? There's we a lot of stalls with albums. We spoke with another guy earlier on. I believe it was Alan. He was here for the exact same thing. Yeah. So how long have you been, have you, how long have you been shooting weddings? Uh, weddings about seven years now. Uh, okay, right. And how are you finding it now since COVID as far as booking numbers, inquiries? Are you finding that there's been a dip this year with inquiries? Where you find, how have you found... So let's talk about this year, for example. Let's talk about inquiries. 
2023 it's definitely dipped, but that's because there was the peak, I think, in 2022. But there's looking like much more likely that this 2024 is getting much busier. So I think people are just holding yeah. out this year. Yeah, well, I mean, we've spoken to a number of wedding photographers and, and they've all seen that. It's not so much dip in bookings this year, but it's that dipping inquiries really since the beginning of the year. I mean, the thing is, it's whatever goes down will go up again anyway. So, and really the, the best thing to do is to keep on being out there, pushing yourself, keep on marketing, because I think that's where a lot of photographers will just stop and not market. So that's one of the best bits of advice that we've found from other photographers and everything. Um, what about camera gear? What about, what's your brand of choice? Canon, all the way. Canon, all the way. That was, Good girl. Good girl. <laughs> that was pretty, that was a straightforward answer that was, isn't it? Okay, so what, what uh, any, any model in particular that you're rocking at the moment? Well, I've got, I shoot with the um, Mark IV and the R6 at the moment. I'm definitely leaning back at, like, I'm going into mirrorless a bit more. I'm thinking about buying another R6, so I've got uniformity, but I do still like the Mark IV. Yeah, okay, yeah. So how long have you sort of uh, been using the R6 and sort of gone into that mirrorless? I bought it last season. It's changed my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was really your first sort of step into yeah. the mirrorless market. And, and why, why has it changed that much? Because you seem really sure about that. It's more about um, what you see is what you get. I, I was a bit apprehensive about the seeing the image on the screen thinking that it wasn't as as like authentic as the viewfinder like experience but actually it's so much better because I'm kind of already editing in view I can change the settings and see what image is going to come out as opposed to using my light meter on the art on the art mark 4 yeah good stuff all right Lenny well thank you so much for stopping to chat to us okay thanks guys thank you <laughs> Okay, right, guys, we've stopped here in the gallery. Is it the exhibition gallery, Sarah, that we've stopped in? Sure I believe are. so. It's the competition. Competition, yeah. that's what I was looking for. So we've stopped to talk to Nikki and James, who are having a, a wander around, and have a look at the... I mean, there must be, what, two, three hundred prints here on display, something like that. So so what are your thoughts here of the, uh, the, the prints that are exhibited as an overall first, without talking about any particular favourites? Absolute uh, pinnacle of standard of printing here, demonstrated, definitely. Okay, James, any... Yeah, no, there's definitely ones that I really like, but more of the natural ones. Um, there's a lot of Photoshop, what I can see, but now, expected it, in this day and age. It, <laughs> so, so the way you said that, is that is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or what, what, what's your thought process I, I on that? I do appreciate good Photoshop. Digital image is great. Mm. It's great fun if you, if you use it creatively. Mm. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm a wedding photographer, so I like the, the very sort of spontaneous moments that the photograph tells a story straight away. Mm. But yeah, yeah. It's so impressive. it's like that thing, isn't it? Is like the art of photography. Has it become the art of Photoshop? A bit both, yeah. I think post-production is as, is as important as the actual image sometimes. But um, but you're very much, as you sort of saying, a wedding photographer. Now we know a lot of wedding photographers with they're using the uh, uh, filters. Uh, you know, with their, their Lightroom, uh, what's the, uh, the phrase has gone now? Um, the filters that people are using oh, yeah. on, uh, on the light right. and airy filter, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Okay, so that light and airy filter is really hugely popular, whether it's vintage or whatever it is people are using. So do you tend to keep your photos more natural? Are you using uh, filters on yours? Do you have a certain style that all of your images have the same type of filter? Um, I have tried, I've used filters, but for me, I found um, the best way to use them is to learn how to create them yourself. So you can use them subtly if you want to. Mm. I don't tend to take colour out of pictures or anything like that. I tend to keep the colours vibrant. Um, but it's mainly about you know, little tweaks of light uh, and keeping them image sharp. Yeah, so, so it sounds like it's more, as, keeping them as, as natural as you possibly yeah. can with just, just editing and adding those little bits where it really enhances rather yeah. than completely so changing it. I'd bring out a sky. Uh, so for, I did a recent wedding and it has a sun, sunset golden hour shot. And um, although it was nice and golden, when you take the photograph, you expose to the subject, you lose that. So in post-production, pulling it down, making it warm, that's my sort of filter, if you, you know, so to speak. Yeah. So any particular favourite images that you've seen on display here? Particularly liking the dog ones, I must admit. Um, Paul Wilkinson's dog ones are fantastic. Really like his work. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. We've just been talking to Graham, uh, who used to work yeah. at Loxley Graham Hutchinson. Okay. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we did know, and uh, we knowing Graham back from Loxley. He's a friend of the show as well, and uh, we know about his work. He was talking about, you know, the, the dog stuff that he does. But it is hugely popular now. There's a lot of photographers out there doing that that type of photography now, isn't there? I started doing it in lockdown actually, because uh, you could only meet um, at a certain stage of lockdown one person and their dog. Um, and I have a dog myself and um, it seemed like the ideal option to sort of yeah. you know, launch a dog photography at that time so yeah, yeah it's really worth it yeah. so, do you, do, so do you guys see yourself as maybe exhibiting here one day do you, do you, do you feel that you could hit that level of, of what you see here I think you certainly, certainly you aspire to it and you come away from a show like this 
thinking you really want to up your game because you see the standards, you see what's expected. And uh, yeah, absolutely, it's inspirational without a doubt. And I think that's one of the things about this trade show is that you do go away with a head full of ideas and there is that thing that you suddenly run don't you, as fast as you can and then you've got to slow down sometimes and think what's realistic with the ideas that you come with. But if you walk away with that inspiration, you put one of those things into practice, you know, and then that can only sort of move you forward. But great, guys, thank you so much for chatting to us. Thank okay. you very much indeed. Thanks. So Sarah and I are wandering around the, the gallery of images. Uh, I mean, there's a, it's a huge gallery of images here, wide range of images, landscapes, weddings, pet photography, there, there's all sorts. Uh, what, what are your overall, what are your thoughts on, on what you see here, Sarah? There is some beautiful stuff, but I am really surprised actually how popular dog photography is. Um, I'm not a dog person, personally. They are beautiful photos, don't get me wrong. But so many people want pictures of their dogs, and why? <laughs> why do they want to do it, Cal? <laughs> <laughs> well, ask the people who've had their photos taken. Uh, but, uh, but, but, but overall, is, I mean, there's such a high level. And funnily enough, we've stopped uh, outside, just stopped by one of Terry Donnelly's photos. And you, the, the, the picture of the squirrel is immediately going to be one of Terry Donnelly's. Uh, it's his signature, uh, one of his signature images, I think. But... Overall, we, you know, we were talking about images being photoshopped. Um, yeah. Now, as photographers, if you want to enter your images into a competition now, do you need, now need to be highly skilled in editing as well as the photography aspect, do you think, to enter a competition? You know what? I almost feel there needs to be two separate categories, one for edited and one for unedited, and seeing what the quality is like between the two and the skill of photography between the two as well. Can you get that image without doing too much post-production work on it? Um, that does sound incredibly obvious, actually, but yeah, I think that's such a good idea because so many of these images have been, there's a hell of a lot of post-processing here. Um, so, uh, but... They're, they're pieces of art. Like, I know photography is art, but so much of it is. You're looking at it and it's almost as if it's a painting, not a photo. So where do you draw the line? At what point is it an image that's manipulated to be an art piece rather than a beautiful photo? OK, guys, so we are here at the Fuji stand and stopping to chat here to Terry Hall. Uh, Terry, hello, thank you for having a quick chat. Um, what's hot on the Fuji stand? Uh, so we've got our brand new X-Series cameras, we've got the X-H2, X-H2S and the X-T5 and we've got both of our GFX cameras over on the, on the stand as well this year, the GFX 100S and the 50S Mark II. Um, yep, so it's been a nice busy show and we've had a lot of interest which has been great. Okay, so what's the flagship Fuji film model? Uh, so on the X-Series it is literally those, those models, the X-T5 and the X-H2 models. Uh, probably the X-H2 and the X-H2S are, are the flagship ones. But yeah, on the GFX side we've got both the GFX 100S and the 50S and they would be the, the, uh, the flagship on the GFX. Sure, okay. And obviously you've got your medium format range as well, don't you? So have you got that here? Have you got that range here as well? That's, that's, that, is the, that is the GFX. Oh, that's it there. Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I hadn't seen that. Yeah. Okay, so what are we looking uh, for people that are thinking of going into the medium format, stepping up into the medium format? Why would somebody consider going into the medium format range? Uh, the good thing is with our medium format uh, cameras is the, is the size of them. They're compact. Uh, a lot of medium format cameras are obviously normally a bit bigger. Uh, our uh, medium format cameras are more the size of a, of a DSLR. So def definitely something to look at on our side of things. Hmm. What, and uh, what, what price range do, do the medium formats start from and go up to? Uh, so the GFX 100S is actually at £4,500 at the show. That's for the body only. That's for a medium format. That's pretty good. That's, in fact, that's, that's surprisingly low. Actually, I thought it was going I thought it was going to be double that at least. Yeah, most definitely, especially with it being 100 megapixel as well. So yeah, uh, the 50s is actually at two and a half thousand, 2,600 for the uh, for the body only as well. So and that's the 50 megapixel version. Sure. So what what photographers are going into the medium format when they buy for the first time? What sort of photographers are stepping into the medium format? Would you say what 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 type of photography are they doing? Uh, well, in, in all honesty, it's the DSLR users who are looking looking at them uh, because of the si because of the fact that they're the same size as DSLRs, um, and just a lot of customers are quite surprised because obviously in the film days there was a lot of medium format users so they're very surprised at the, the compact size of our cameras so yeah that's right yeah I'm, I'm so familiar with going back to using the Mamiya's the Bronica's the Hasselblad's so yeah seeing them as that size is, pre is pretty impressive actually but Terry thank you very much no problem thanks a lot cheers
Okay, guys, we've stopped at the Epson stand. Exceed Your Vision is the logo, is, is, is the branding underneath the uh, logo. And I'm speaking to Dominic here. Dominic, um, thank you for having a chat with us. Uh, I see that you've got a range of one, two, three, four, five, six different printers here uh, on display. How many photographers are printing, sort of independent photographers, have got their own studios and are doing their own printing, would you say? Uh, not enough from my perspective, but um, lots. I mean, we've talked obviously to a lot of people here and they're either printing themselves or they're sending them away to a lab. We're in a fortunate position where we're looking at desktop printers for people to use at home or in a studio, but we also supply printers for labs. So it's a win-win for us in that respect. But uh, I would say out of the people I've spoken to in the last couple of days, at least 50% of the people are printing. Okay, now that's quite, that's a high percentage actually, which is good. So if people are wanting to print from home or, you know, they're, they're their, their own studios and doing their own stuff what's a good sense of what entry level printer what are they what, what sort of what model are looking at what's an entry level price for something like that so if you're looking for photo quality because you can pick up printers for a hundred pound but if we're, we're talking photo here so we're looking at our eco tank range of products and those will give you a low cost uh, running cost low cost of print um, the pr entry kind of price point there is 650 pounds but like I say the actual print cost is really really low mm. if you want to step up from there and go for more professional archival kind of quality mm. or into something like the p700 where you're talking near a, a similar kind of price point 650 700 pounds um, for that but you're getting much more archival higher quality wider color gamut better quality print. yeah sure what's consistency like if i was to say print say maybe 10 copies of a 10 by 8 print just one after the other what sort of consistency are we looking at with these printers 100 percent. i wouldn't expect to see any difference from one print to the last print yeah that's that that's really interesting because i think that's the that's the key to it and also the other thing is is calibrating your monitor i guess your printer how difficult a process is that for somebody to do because I know some people are put off by that or they'll print something and obviously it won't look anything the same as they're seeing on screen they're, they're blaming the printer they're blaming something somewhere on the line but basically they've not got a system that's all been connected together have they so no. what's the first thing that they need to really be looking at um, no you're absolutely right and it's the biggest question I get asked and I probably sell more monitor calibrators than I do printers um, so no you're absolutely right workflow get that in sync so yeah get yourself a monitor calibrator calibrate that screen so then when you're editing your image that's accurate what you're looking at is accurate so that the information you send to the printer is then accurate and then what you print should look reasonably like what you see on screen and that's the biggest problem people send the information to the printer and it doesn't look like it does on screen and they blame the printer but it's not they've started with an image that isn't right to start with so calibrate your screen and then your printer will follow after that. Yeah, and then coming onto the screen, what about actual the screen itself as a bit of hardware, quality-wise? I mean, let's talk about a laptop for a moment. Okay, I could go and buy a laptop that has the same spec, and I could buy one laptop that's 500 pounds and another laptop that's pretty much the same spec for, say, two and a half thousand pounds. And you think you're getting a good deal obviously with the 500 pound ones however what a lot of people overlook is the screen quality that's one of the things that they're actually paying for okay where are we looking at as a, as, as a screen let's talk about a desktop screen for a moment what do people need to be spending as a minimum for a decent screen you know they're not going to just go out and buy a 100 pound monitor or something yeah. I mean, again, I'm not an expert on, on screens and monitors in general, but you're absolutely right. A laptop screen is the last thing you want to be editing your images on because they're generally not designed for photo. And normally the brightness is too high. Um, so you want a separate monitor, as you say, on your desk. Um, you want something that will give a nice wide color gamut, so not the one that's bundled with the PC from the shop, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so if you're spending sort of 750 to 1,000 pounds, I think you're in a good ballpark. You can go to some very high quality ISO ones for thousands of pounds. But in general, the BenQ range seems to be quite a good price point for quality. Um, I've got two of those myself at home, and I use those calibrated, obviously. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's, you want to be in that kind of ballpark. You don't spend silly money, but don't get the bar bar bargain one either. Great. Dominic, thank you so much for that. And uh, really interesting. Thank you for taking time to chat to us. No problem. Thank you. Here we go. Right, guys, I am into and uh, just come into one of the masterclasses which you just finished, and it was done by Belinda Buxton, who's here to chat to me. Uh, thank you for having just stopping for a minute, Belinda. What was your talk on? Uh, mine was about so you want to shoot weddings, so it was a beginner's guide to wedding photography and what you need to do. So it went really well. Right, okay. And what sort of people were coming in? Uh, are we talking people that were real beginners? People have been doing it for for some time. We have a mixture of real beginners, people who are starting to think about doing it, 
part-time photographers and full-time photographers, so a nice mix. Right, okay. As a guide for a, a wedding photographer, somebody wanting to get into wedding photography, one of the things about wedding photography we find is that, or perception is, it is almost a good entry point, or sometimes it can be the only entry point into the world of photography. Um, and But it requires a huge amount of confidence that needs to be built up, doesn't it? You know, you can be a really good photographer, but you may not necessarily be a good people person. Um, what's a good way of building that confidence up? How can somebody who wants to get into wedding photography who has just started doing that, is to build their confidence up? Let's just say they've got a group of 100 people at a wedding in front of them, and they've got to be organising and controlling those people. I would recommend that they start by um, helping another photographer to see what they do, attending the wedding of a friend and see what the photographer gets up to. You need to have a bit of confidence, yes, but once you've got that education and that knowledge behind you and you can perhaps get someone to help you on the day, that will be a lot easier for you. But confidence is something you have to build um, with the more experience that you get. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And also then there's the, the business aspect of it. Because again, I think the vast majority of people that get into wedding photography, they're right in there setting up their own business straight away, aren't they? So you see a lot of wedding photographers that will come into the business one year and then they've gone the next year because one, they don't realise how hard it actually is. It's very hard work. But also then there is the business aspect to it as well. So really wedding photography encompasses so many different skills, doesn't it? There's a lot of skills, yeah. You do need to be a people person. You do need to keep on top of your workload and your business side of things. Um, you want to give yourself an income. You want to do a good job for your client. Um, what you don't want to end up being is a busy fool by trying to do too much at once. I would concentrate on getting some decent jobs and doing stuff for free if necessary for friends so you get that experience of working in a real live wedding. It's nice to take pictures of pretty brides and a model shoot but that's not the same situation or atmosphere that you're going to be in on the day so try and get as much help as possible but the business side is hard it's 95% business of five percent five percent you know taking pictures really you sit in front of a screen a lot of the time exactly but it's refreshing because people have got talks like this to attend to you know you can okay sure you can watch stuff on youtube videos but it's not the same as actually going out with a photographer and learning or coming to a talk like this so something that you're doing is incredibly valuable and people should take the time out when they see something like this to come onto these courses as well do you do any of these talks anywhere else as well uh, no i've only done this one for the societies um it was great because it was a warts and all it was really helping people to say well look this is what's happened to me I would like to tell you that story so that it doesn't happen to you and what things to look out for because it is hard um, and it's hard work and there is a lot of competition out there. That's great. Okay, right, Melinda, thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, right, I bumped into Jeff Brown here for the Photographer's Mentor. Um, who I can't recommend highly enough. So for those of you looking for business advice and uh, if you've got your own businesses, whether you're starting up or whether you're already established, some great business advice is from Jeff Brown, Photographer's Mentor. Jeff, what's new for photography business? Um, well, what we've been talking about a lot is uh, Google's latest algorithm change. So uh, the helpful content update. So it's all about getting really good content on your website. We've also been talking about um, AI chat for creating uh, really good blogs because blogs are the way to engage with potential clients, with your future customers. And also that will help bring traffic to your website, which hopefully should be a helpful content website. So you're going to get found on Google. That's really interesting. Okay, because you speak to a lot of photographers and you'll say, where do you get most of your work from? Instagram, Facebook, where do you get most of your work from? Oh, it's all Instagram, Instagram, not worried about the website. And yet, the website is still key. It's hugely important, isn't it? And me asking you just that now, you, you, didn't, you didn't mention social media, it was just the website that you mentioned. I know we know social media is very important alongside what you're doing, it's got to support it. But the website is still key, having a really important website and blogs that you've just said, that's really interesting. The thing is, with it, it depends who your ideal clients are going to be as well. So I have I have um, photographers who have a hundred thousand followers on uh, Instagram, but from that hundred thousand followers, they haven't actually transferred that into any money. Yet I have photographers who have maybe ten thousand followers on Instagram, and they struggle to get the type of jobs that they want. 
yet they maybe have a thousand followers on LinkedIn and they get the higher caliber people. So I think the higher caliber stuff often comes from likes of LinkedIn and a website. And one of the big things with the helpful content update with uh, Google is that photography websites that are traditional portfolio websites are going to be punished in 2023. So Google is looking for websites with really good content that are helpful, inspirational, and are written for um, for customers, not for bots. So it's no longer about SEO. Websites with low value content, small amounts of content, and just imagery are going to cease to exist or going to come further down the search engine results. So it's really, really important that photographers start changing their website and up in their game because not only will you get found by Google, when your website is out there and it gets found by a client, when they read through it and they can connect with it and it creates desire and it sells the benefits and gets the excitement, then they're more likely to book you and pay that higher fee. Remember, you can't really create a, a premium looking brand that well through Instagram, just through imagery. You need words and you need that branding and the fonts and the colors and the theme to to communicate that higher value to clients. And a blog is one way of doing that, making sure you have an educational blog. Is that is that a right way of putting it? Regularly? Yeah, because if you want a blog to work, you've got to think about uh, there's two forms of search intent on the internet. There's direct search and indirect search. So direct search is me typing in wedding photographer London, wedding photographer Paris. I'm looking for a wedding photographer in that geographical region. But if I'm typing in something like um, best wedding venues in London or how to plan a wedding in London in 2023, I haven't yet got my photographer, but I am potentially going to be a good a potential client. So the blog answers your client's questions, your future client's questions. So that is indirect search intent. So direct search intent is your homepage, the keywords, people who are looking coming straight direct for you. And then the blog is to answer questions for people who potentially three or four months down the line are going to be your client. I could chat for two days while this whole show is on for Jeff, just to get nuggets of information like that. Honestly, I'm captivated. I just want to listen to you a lot. (laughs) All right. That's how valuable Jeff's information is. So it's Jeff Brown, a photographer's mentor. We'll put links out and everything. And I've worked with Jeff very closely and can't recommend him highly enough. Jeff, thank you so much. You're about to go into your masterclass. What is your masterclass about today? It's about building a premium brand. There you go. Thanks, Jeff. Cheers. Thanks very much. Cheers. So there we have it, guys. That was Sarah and I's visit. I hope you got a, a flavour of the event. And Mark, unfortunately, you obviously missed it. But um... yeah, really interesting interviews there, guys. I mean, um, yeah, really, really cool. Lots of really cool stuff happening. I mean, what, what, what did you get out of it? What was, was there anything in there that really kind of sparked your interest? But before we jump onto that, the biggest thing for me, I'm going to bring it back again. We're going to talk Nikon. Okay. And uh, Nikon weren't there, and as we heard from uh, yeah. one of the exhibitors as well, um, or one of the one of the the, the traders saying that uh, you know that they don't really keep in, Nikon don't seem to keep in contact, and this is not just now. This just seems to be the general way with Nikon. You know, we're really pleased to announce that on this show we're now going to be reviewing Sony products as well, so they're going to be coming yeah. through to us as well. Fantastic, it's fantastic. Got some great stuff coming from Canon. Okay, um, and speaking to the guys at the Canon stand at the show, brilliant. They're going to be sending us some really good camera gear, so we're going to be reviewing those. Manfrotto guys, brilliant, sending us stuff through. We're going to be doing some reviews of some of the Manfrotto products and others as well. But Nikon, it's silence. You know, we don't seem to get any Nikon ambassadors coming on. We don't get anything from them at all, and uh, which is a shame. I mean, they've got their reasons, but they don't need to reach out a little more. Maybe, maybe Maybe we're holding back something big. Are they waiting for? Of some sort. They just seem to just generally be sort of quite, uh, they, they don't seem to be as proactive as, as Canon and as proactive as Sony and, you know, and, and the other guys. Now, that might just be the way that Nikon are, you know, uh, they may have always been like that. I've no idea at all. But um, that so that was a shame. But onto the positives of the, of the actual show. Attendance was brilliant. Very, very good. Uh, good variety of exhibitors. Um, and we walked in and there was a real buzz. There's always a buzz when you go to these shows. I think you walk away feeling really sort of inspired and your head full of ideas. I know I certainly have, but uh, um, a lot of wedding album 
manufacturers, won't they, Sarah? Yeah, loads of different, well, lots of different stores um, doing loads of, and actually there was quite a few people there specifically for that as well. Yeah, um, and those stands were busy as well, you know, um, but, you know, and the thing is, is is wedding albums, that's one of the things that I source and I've got my sort of preferred supplier or preferred two suppliers, but I was still interested in seeing what the other companies had as well what they have to offer as well but it's pretty mind-boggling let's just talk about wedding arms for a moment it's mind-boggling for somebody who's new to it as to which company am I going to go for which who's going to be the most reliable who've got the best products who've got the best uh software design for album designs things like that and I guess they're all the things that you you know you need to be you need to look at if you're sourcing wedding albums but if you were looking for wedding albums you certainly had a really good range of options to 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 look at uh everything was there so um if you walked away uh not knowing what to do that doesn't surprise me because there were so many different options but everything was there for you so yeah I think a lot of times so many people do their shopping for that sort of stuff online but this gave everybody the opportunity to feel what it was like the the material covers what the print quality was like on the inside and things like that and I think that's really beneficial if it's either your business or you're looking for your own wedding I always find that really important when you're looking at things like this because uh like you said Sarah it's always online now I mean you always see things online and you just got to take it as what the pictures are showing you and, and that it's all good um you know but like you said go in there flicking through the albums, feeling the covers. Um, I remember when we were at the, I know it's a different one, the photo show, and we saw uh, an album manufacturer and they had sort of pictures on the edge of the photos. Do you remember seeing that, Cam? So yes. if you, you close the album, so it's closed up, and then you you lift it on its spine, so you're looking at the pages, the leaves, and you That's can see cool. like a picture sort of going across the pages. And stuff yeah. like that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily see online. You weren't because you weren't looking for it. Yeah, so that's, that's right. why yeah. these things are so yeah interesting really. yeah and i think the thing with these shows is that even if you've got no intention of going to buy anything i think as a photographer it's just really good to go somewhere like that and and get a buzz because they've got obviously the competition prints the gallery on display and there must have been i don't know 200 images probably on display there yeah, yeah there were a lot of you know so it's great to have a, a look around at um at the gallery as well and obviously you heard you know sort of what we were talking about there and our thoughts during the actual uh live segment um uh, on that but also um there's you, you you do get this buzz you do get this inspiration and it does make you think of new ideas so for those of you that didn't go that thought do you know what? i don't know whether i can be bothered to go it's going to cost me x amount to get there then i've got to eat and then i've got to do this i've got to do that i think if you're in business as a photographer i think it's a mistake to think like that because i think you've got to try and find you know you can find an inspiration from from actually dealing with people in person person to person is brilliant and if you start speaking to a lot of the other photographers that are there you'll find that they've probably got the same questions and the same issues uh, and problems that, that that everyone else does as 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 working photographers yeah. so you know and obviously we know that the photography in the video show isn't happening this year they've obviously moved it intentionally to um, early next year early 2024 so this is one opportunity this year really to go to one of the big shows i think so much of it is that networking part of it i thoroughly enjoyed meeting so many different people um and that was my biggest takeaway from your first question that you had mark that my biggest big takeaway from that was meeting those people making those connections and just listening to what they have to say their views and opinions on on everything that's going on as well and how they do certain things mm. yeah I mean something that I'm because that that was really going to be my my main show this year <laughs> so yeah pretty gutted I'm not I'm not going to say that yeah. so yeah and and yeah really interesting listen guys so so well done with that and yeah. uh and then, yeah, to uh, Colin and the guys at the show. Sorry, I wasn't there, but uh, next year. Um, and and as as we do know, for, for and we met quite a few of the listeners there, friends of the show, Steve, Greg. We bumped into Peter as well, and then there was uh, Graham, who used to work at Loxley. There were a number of people that we bumped into, and and we we're on a chat. And um, we, you know, as I'm not sure if those of you that remember that we were at the show last year, and some of you may have received some free beer mats that we were giving out at the photography video show. Well, we got some of these beer mats to give out at the society show the other day but unfortunately it was mark was in possession of these yeah. uh, these beer mats these high quality beer mats so um so yes 
So yeah, we, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to spread them out next time. Nothing to give out. I oh, just want to mention yeah. the masterclasses. I think the masterclasses are are a really good learning um, uh, hub, shall we call it? Okay, they uh, there's a variety of different topics from some really good speakers. You know, from basic wedding photography to business marketing to just starting out as a photographer to sort of wildlife photography, all the different masterclasses that they had. And and they, I think those things are worth their weight in gold. You know, you can watch a lot of YouTube videos and you can learn a lot from that and you can buy stuff online and you can listen to podcasts. But being in an environment where you're actually there speaking, listening to somebody actually speak and taking that information in for real, I think the societies have got those right. And I think what would be good is possibly to to have uh, to have some of those masterclasses as open masterclasses so they don't have to be paid for. Um, and I think that because there's so much information to be learned from there, and I think that would be really good. I think that's the one thing that I'll certainly feed back to Colin. I think that would be really good for them to open up some free masterclasses uh, because there's so many there's so many people visiting. And they all want to learn. They're all soaking information in and they want to implement those new ideas into their businesses as well. Um, but a terrific show. I'm really glad that we went as 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 always fantastically organised. Um, and yeah. And uh, thank you for for being there, Sarah. And uh, and uh, we good stuff. OK, guys, thank you for listening to this bonus episode. I hope you found it useful listening to listening to uh, all of the people there at the show. And um, we look forward to you listening to us again. Cheers. Bye for now. Bye.